Welcome to Under Two Capes. I'm Jared, and today I am finally reviewing Thor Love and Thunder. All right. So first off, I want to open up is, is this movie as bad as people say it is? It's not the best Thor movie by far. No. I would honestly say I enjoyed Ragnarok more. I would say it goes Thor 1, Thor 2, Ragnarok, and this one. Although, let me be clear, I enjoyed it for what it was. Although the comedy, it went too hard into the comedy in my mind. I'm going to start with that. It went a little too much into the infantile comedy that Taika Waititi's movies are known for. So that's my, pro that's my largest issue with it. Second off, it contradicted its own logic, like, severely. Like, really, really, really weird. By the way, the way this episode is going to be structured is that I'm going to talk about the movie, talk about what I didn't like, what I like. Then I'm going to talk about why you have to stop making Thor comedy. Okay, so go back to what I didn't like. It's just... Another thing is that at certain points, and we saw this in the trailer and stuff, the CGI didn't really hold up. Like when Thor and Jane first meet, it looks like a Zoom call because the lighting on her face is not like, it does not match the environment. So her face is like illuminated, but the background is like darker because it's supposed to be a night battle. So I'm like, who's the quality control person for this movie? Because I think someone has to lose their job. So there's that. Although I did enjoy um, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, I thought he was, he played a very good villain. Although, the, although there were a few times where his, uh, where, um, there were a few times when the, he seemed to go kind of overboard. This movie went overboard on a lot of stuff. And also this the way that Thor defeats Gore is kind of like cheesy, which it's like, so, okay. So by the way, spoiler, this is gonna be heavily spoiler, uh, a spoiler review. So I'm warning you once, spoiler from this point on. So I don't want you guys going in the comments saying I spoiled the movie for you. Spoiler alert. The way he defeats Gore, is basically says, no, no, you don't want to kill all the gods. You just want to be loved. I'm like, oh gosh another one of those love conquers all movies that is so stupid but i did like the necro sword and the way they played it off i like that i de definitely enjoyed it, the fight scenes in this film were fantastic like really really cool they played off of like of like mjolnir being able to like break up into pieces and then reassemble that was really cool they played off of thor's thunder him using zeus's lightning bolt i really enjoyed that and um, the way the shadow creatures moved about, I, I really enjoyed that as well. Now, all right, in terms of, okay, in terms of female Thor, in other words, Jane Foster Thor, here's what I did like. She didn't replace Thor at the end of the movie, like we all thought she was going to, because she, spoiler alert, she dies. In the, the movie, she died because those of you that don't know, Jane Foster Thor um, has cancer. And the more she uses Mjolnir, the less her body's able to fight the cancer. So she has this final battle uh, where she shows up to help Thor. 
And then she dies. She actually dies. It's not like he Thor gets a wish to keep her alive. No, she dies. But she goes to Valhalla for some reason, which, and someone behind me at the movie theater even pointed this out. So they say in the movie, like earlier, that you don't get to go to Valhalla unless you die actually in battle. Not like if you're just lying there and you bleed out. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. In this movie, uh, I mean, at the end of the movie, she dies from cancer, not from the battle, but from cancer, then ends up in Valhalla. So I'm like, wait a second here. That doesn't work. So th that's one of the many ways that this movie violates its own logic throughout its plot. And then, so the way they explain me all there going to Jane is stupid because it's like, okay, so Thor said, please protect Jane. Promise me you'll always protect Jane. And then apparently he can enchant um, his weapons, which no one knew he could do. The way they could possibly explain it is that be because in Ragnarok, he technically becomes king of Asgard. Well, well actually, no, because in this universe, at the end of... Uh, of Endgame, Valkyrie becomes king of Asgard. They still call her King Valkyrie instead of Queen. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. But anyway, when they, so it, it actually doesn't work. So again, a couple of logical leaps in this movie that are weird. However, what I, I did like is uh, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy's inclusion. I, I definitely like seeing P uh, Chris Pratt's Peter Quill, Rocket Raccoon, and all the and all the people in the beginning of the movie. You can tell they're probably going to go after Gamora from uh, Endgame. I also really, really liked... Okay, so here's a surprise person in this movie that that was a surprise cameo. So, all right. Okay, so I'm trying to bring this up. Okay, so Gore's wish is that his daughter comes back to life. So she does. But you see her, she's like all covered with stars and everything. And I'm like, that's the character known as like Destiny. I think that's what her name is. Uh, well, let me see. So the child's name is, is Love, but what's cool is that uh, when you see Love, she becomes like full, full of stars and stuff. So that, that's actually like, uh, it's eternity so that's actually really really cool that they included that character even though no one probably knows who that character is so that's about where i go on this movie in terms of what i like in terms of like criticisms what i did like again action scenes visuals for the most part were pretty good like the cinematography most of the cgi was good although there were some sections where it really fell apart so I was really like, that, that's iffy, particularly coming from an MCU movie because the MCU movie should be pristine. There shouldn't be any issues. So when you see, when you see this, when you see like that scene where Thor uh, meets Jane, the scene where Thor takes off with Zeus's lightning bolt, that kind of like, it doesn't exactly like, it doesn't exactly bode well for the rest of the MCU. Now, what's interesting, now I'm going to go to uh, a, a little point I just thought I want to put in. What's interesting is that people are criticizing this movie saying it's too comedic. Now, what I'm thinking is that this could be the general populace finally telling the MCU we want more of a 
varied, like we don't want every movie to be a comedy. It gets really annoying after a while because ultimately here's the thing. The MCU movies are just the same movie over and over and over again. And that gets old, like really, really fast. I, I'm surprised because the way it worked was the movies up until Guardians of the Galaxy were pretty, were mostly serious. Sometimes you'd have quips and stuff because it's a superhero movie. You have to have quips. However, after Guardians of the Galaxy, that's when they all became massive joke fests. Now, what's interesting about this criticism is that it's showing that people are probably getting tired of the constant joke fest movies because now they're telling Taika Waititi, you went too far with this. Because I, I understand, because people said for the most part that Thor was the most boring Avenger. Then Thor Ragnarok comes out and everyone's like, oh, this is so great. So what they should have done is sort of, because really what, Love and Thunder feels like it's it's like them doubling down on uh, on Thor Love and Thunder instead of like taking that formula and like maybe modifying it a little bit but applying it still because if they had kept it for the most part comedic yes uh, it wouldn't have been the best option I, I think they should keep Thor as a little more serious like let me give you an example Infinity War was the best way they had Thor because yes he joked and stuff but he was mostly mostly more of a serious character, but he got opportunities to, to, be, to be like humorous and laughing. So that was, that was cool. It's like when he shows up on earth and he meets Captain America, he goes, I see you copied my beard. So they could have done that. But with this, it's like, uh, it did like, however, the chief thing I really liked is that they didn't have Jane Foster replace Thor because that would have been really stupid because so far, all the main Avengers have been replaced. We're even doing an Ironheart series. So for some reason. But at least they're not replacing Thor. Because so far, he and Hulk are like the only, uh, and maybe Hawkeye, the only remaining original Avengers. The rest of them have been like killed off. Killed off. Uh, actually, by this point, killed off because Captain America is dead now. But they really... They really, I wish, I hope Marvel takes a lesson from this because so far, honestly, also the Rotten Tomatoes score is not looking good for an MCU movie because let me pull up Thor Love and Thunder. It's at 68. And that is very, very low for a Marvel movie. 68. We're still an 84 uh, audience score, which that's good. But for an MCU movie, that's not exactly the best. In other words, the MCU movie should be 90s all around, even though they don't, a lot of them don't deserve it. But all I'm saying is that trend-wise, it should be 90s all around. In this, it's like below that. So what this could be indicating is that the audience is tired of this, of these constant comedic joke fests, which I hope they are, because I have long said that the MCU's drop into like mass, into joke fest, festum has ruined superhero movies. Because, like, take the Snyderverse. People thought that one of the chief reasons people hated Snyder's movies, or a minority, a vocal minority of people hated Snyder's movies, was because they felt they were too serious and there weren't any jokes, which there were, but people were too lazy to look for it. Now, I think this would be an excellent opportunity to restore the Snyderverse, but I'm not turning this into a Snyderverse discussion. But here's the issue. The issue that I at least think of here is that the problem with the MCU 
is that they turn characters that shouldn't be comedic into comedic characters. Now, let's be clear. You can have characters make jokes and stuff in, in order to make them like more like less boring characters and less one note. That's possible. And Infinity War showed that with Thor. You can do that. It's not that hard. But you just need creativity. And the thing is, is that I don't think Taika Waititi is creative enough to do that because all this stuff is like really, really immature humor. He's essentially the James Gunn of the MCU. And what's hilarious, what's hilarious is that I saw a tweet. Someone said Taika Waititi did to Thor what James Gunn did to the Suicide Squad. So kind of agree on that. So he just reverts to, and I was actually telling this to my dad when we were getting out of the movie. The problem with Thor Ragnarok, I mean, with, uh, with Love and Thunder, that you know they're desperate when they start revert when every single line is a massive joke fest. So that's the issue. It, it, it just seems creatively lazy at this point. Although, let me be clear again, I didn't hate the movie. Just was not the best MCU movie and definitely not the best Thor movie whatsoever. You know it's bad when people are holding the dark world above uh above this movie and i like the dark world i don't think it was that bad but it just gets really like and also the problem with uh, another problem with this movie is that they keep playing the same jokes over and over again to the point they get old like the screaming goats that was funny for like i would say probably the first like two times that happened but it should, they just kept playing it over and over and over and over again to the point where people are like, we get it. They're screaming goats. Just stop. The one joke that I did like is when Thor is trying to call me on there, then Stormbreaker just rolls up and Thor's like, oh, hi, Stormbreaker. I was actually calling you the whole time. And the Stormbreaker starts reacting to, uh, starts acting jealous uh, with Thor. So I did like that. Again, there were some jokes that were actually really good, but there were some that either were overplayed or just plain dumb, like he gives his hammer its first beer, so he just pours beer on it. I'm like, okay. Or what I what I referred to in the beginning of this episode, where he all of a sudden has these powers, like he can imbue, he can bless weapons. In other words, he can like enchant weapons, like when he enchanted Mjolnir and said, uh, "Take care of Jane." Or when he gave these kids his powers. The kids part was like, while it was cool at the moment, now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, there are some plot holes with that. Because he's never shown any indication that he has the power to do this. But all of a sudden, he, he has the ability, I can give people powers. Why didn't you do that in the beginning? Or you need an army. Why didn't you take the Asgardian army to get your kids? Hmm? Hmm? Instead of going to like a caricature of Zeus and the other gods, to like to recruit an army of gods excuse me get if you can imbue people with powers thor up the asgardians and then just go to war against gore that's really simple you wouldn't have to even go to uh to omnipotent city which by the way they just show up there it's like okay so wait a second you're telling me uh, my favorite thing one of my favorite like contrivances is that 
he says, okay, we, we have to go to a, a, a omnipotent city that he just all of a sudden goes to. There's no journey to find it. They just go there. I'm like, okay, this is really dumb. And also, uh, here, here's the other thing. It probably would have been better had they had this movie been longer because everything just feels so crammed, crammed in there because it's so short. It's like 119 minutes. I'm like, what that's like an that is almost two hours, as a matter of fact. The runtime is about so 120 minutes is yeah, it's almost less than two hours. I'm like, what? I, I, are you kidding me? That is like, that's ridiculous. Now, huh, I'm trying to be as positive as I can be. Now, in terms of, uh, in terms of, again, another thing I did like, I liked how, how Jane could like separate Mjolnir into its different components. And then there was that one shot where Jane first shows up and you see the hammer like rebuild itself. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And the idea that Stormbreaker is the key to unlocking eternity. That was cool. So it was like a fight for him to keep his, uh, his axe. So I dug that. I liked, um, I liked um, Christian Bale as the bad guy. I think he was really good. I, I liked his motivation because he wanted revenge on the gods because um, his, his thinking was, okay, so we spent all this time worshiping these beings, but they don't really do anything for us. So why, why should we bother? If they don't care about us, why should they exist? Why should they have these powers? So I accepted that. I think that was really cool. That was an interesting way to, to I guess, roll th to, to explain his motivation. Because remember, he also prayed that the gods would save his daughter, and they didn't. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. And that explains the how he got the necro sword as well, because that's the way the movie starts off. It's just him uh, traveling and then losing his daughter, going to the gods, and then the and then he starts killing guys. But and also they established that he's been doing this for millennia. So it's not like he just started killing gods. I did like also how at some points you could see his eyes like glowing in, in the darkness, like that's it. So it makes him look more animalistic and more like a villain that you would expect in a Thor movie. So I dug that. I, I felt that that was actually really, really interesting. Now Let's see, what else? What else do I want to talk about with this movie? Now, in terms of, I also did like how they sort of, uh, how they tease Hercules. That was really cool because uh, apparently, so Her Hercules is going to fight Thor because for those who don't know, Thor kills Odin, doesn't, uh, no, not Odin, kills Zeus. He doesn't because it's a Marvel movie. And what's, uh, what's really cool is that th then he goes, okay, so you're going to go um, fight and kill Thor, my son. And then Hercules stands up. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like how they do that. I didn't like how they had Zeus in the tutu and just like carrying his thing. I didn't like how they killed Korg, killed, and then he just comes back as like a head. And I didn't like how they like, let me see, what else didn't I like? I mean, once again, I didn't like a lot, a lot of the humor. It just seemed like overplayed. Overplayed and just immature. That's really what I want to go with with this. Now, 
in terms of where this could go, I, I did like how Thor now has Mjolnir back. And he, so he has that hammer and then Love, his stepdaughter or his like daughter-ish, his adopted daughter has Stormbreaker. So I did like how, how they make it so he has his hammer back finally. He hasn't had that since Ragnarok, as a matter of fact. At least they, at least they did that. So, so at least he's kind of back to status quo. One thing I'll also I will say I definitely liked. I like Thor's armor in the movie. Let me stand up so you can see on the t-shirt. I loved like the gold and I liked how at some point he had like the, the fur on the shoulders. In other words, I, I liked his armor. I didn't necessarily like him in like the leather jacket and the t-shirt, but I, I definitely liked the the sort of Nordic look that, that they gave him. All the costumes and armor in this movie looked really, really good. And okay, in terms of Gore's look, I understand why Taika wanted to change that because yes, it, it would have been too much like a derivative of Voldemort because for those who don't know, the look for Gore is he doesn't have a nose and he's pale skinned and bald. So who, who else in pop culture would that look like? Voldemort. So he wanted to differentiate him. So I guess I could see that. I would have liked to see more of the tentacles that Gore has, but I, I can understand why they didn't do that. Um, I did, I, I liked how they kind of played off the, uh, how they played Jane's cancer because once again, she has cancer and the hammer's not exactly helping. It's briefly keeping her alive, but it's also interfering with her body's ability to fight the cancer. So that makes her final decision to show up and help Thor a lot better. I mean, a lot more believable because she's like, it, it makes her more of a hero because she knows that she could possibly die, but she knows that Thor is, is going to lose against Gore, so she goes out to, to save him. So I dug that. I felt that that was like, okay, at least you gave some reason for her to show up at the end of the battle. And let's see, um, in terms of, I like the appearance of Darcy. I was like, oh, okay, I see, I see what they're doing. She has to show up in a Thor movie. She didn't show up in Ragnarok though, but, but neither did Jane. So that's un understandable. But um, let's see. So, in terms of now, how would I numerically rate this movie? Oh, geez, that's a that's a loaded question, people. In terms of how I would, how I would rate it, I'd give it a five out of ten. Five out of ten. That's it. Now, okay, five out of ten. Why? Because there were some redeeming qualities. I like the visuals. I like the looks of Thor. I like the action scenes. I liked some elements of the plot were pretty cool. It was the bare bones. The potential is there for a really epic Thor movie. I like the villain. However, it's not, it loses points because CGI at certain points, the contrivances, the all of a sudden we have to know a character's sexuality randomly for no reason because it was random. It was very random and like played off as like, okay, he's that way, she's that way, done, move on. That was kind of like, then why include it if it's that if it's that much of an afterthought? I didn't like how 
and then really where I where this movie loses a lot of points with me is the fact that it's all joke, 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 joke. So at that point, I'm like, okay, guys, you, you might as well just say this movie's a straight up comedy and be done with it. But okay, in terms of but, but once again, it wasn't totally irredeemable. It's not like a Captain Marvel um, where it's like total bad stuff. But it's definitely not the best MCU movie to date. That's still Spider-Man No Way Home or Avengers Endgame. But the Avengers Endgame, I'm going to put a caveat if you've watched the other movies. But this is very much not the best Thor movie. One was the best. One was absolutely the best. Followed by two, three, and actually it goes one, two, three, four. There you go. And th that's 100% in there. One more thing I did like, they got rid of the fat Thor body because I felt that that was too much of a joke, played off too much of, of, uh, of for comedic value in Avengers Endgame. And I liked how they immediately, in five minutes, got rid of it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's like the first thing they say. Korg is telling kids the story and he's like, he went from uh, dad bod to god bod. So I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Also didn't like how, the, uh, well, one of the other things I didn't like is how they make Thor like meditate and stuff. And I'm like, have you not read the comics, dude? I, I, I'm, I'm like, dude, stop it. I, it's like Taika Waititi was like, Grab a bunch of Thor trades, flip through them, and it's like, I like that, that, I like that, without reading the context or anything like that. Like, female Thor, yeah, yeah, kind of like that, move on, kind of like that. So I'm like, oh man, this is really annoying. Okay, now, will this lead to, to Marvel changing some things? Not likely, unless the movie goes rotten, which it could still but it's it's still ha it's still certified it's still um, not rotten. So I would say, actually, the top critics give it a fifty-five. If you only take the the, the top cr critics in in account, and in terms of all audience, it has a seventy-six. So it's even worse. So, in other words, th this movie could go down, and. It could lose money too. I'm not praying for that, but it, it, it could not turn out that well. Now, that's the only time I could ever see this leading to any actual change in the MCU, or at least telling Taika Waititi you can't do Thor movies anymore. Just go do your Star Wars movies and leave Thor alone. We'll have someone else do Thor that gets the character because Taika has proven that he doesn't get Thor. In his two movies, he doesn't understand Thor. Because Thor is not supposed to be the Deadpool of the Marvel of the MCU. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. In case in point, another scene I didn't like when they have that whole explanation about how why Thor and Jane broke up, which is supremely like like it severely breaks up the flow of the movie. So ultimately, I'm like, why is this in here? You could just say you broke up and wrote a note. You said that. It's done. There's no reason for that scene to be in the movie. It's It just severely breaks up the flow of the film. And, and that in turn is another problem with the movie. There's too much put in here 
for the for the runtime that bogs down the plot and makes it feel longer than it is. And I'm not talking about longer as in it, it puts in a lot of stuff that makes it better, like the Snyder, Bur uh, Snyder Cut. But it just puts so much in there that it'll only put this way. If they didn't have that, uh, like the scene with Jane and Thor, they could have used, mm, excuse me, that runtime to like explain other things that happen in the movie a little better and devote more time. But no, they didn't do that. Which is sad because, well, in this way, Taika is a competent director, as in the case of his Mandalorian episodes, and and also Thor Ragnarok, because directorially it's a good movie. It's not a Thor movie, but it's a good movie. Which, and, and that's the that's the other thing. I hate when creatives change the character to the way they want it, because there were certain there were plenty of ways that you could have changed. Because yes, Thor was a little boring in Avengers one and two and Thor. Door one and two, but you could have changed it in certain ways to satisfy everyone. And I get, I, I, I hate the the comments put by Chris Hemsworth where he's like, I don't want to play this, this sort of the thou dude forever. And I'm like, then why'd you sign on to play Thor? That's if you didn't like the character, the way the character was, why'd you sign on to play Thor? But beyond that, I'm not going on a rant about the past comments by actors. That could be its own episode. So let me just get a glass of water. In terms of, you know, as it relates to, let's see, what else do I want to talk about with this movie? Um, and uh, going back to what I said before, that's my main. That's one of my main criticisms that it put too much in there that broke up the already fast-paced plot. In other words, the movie's going really well, then just stops to explain why Thor and and, uh, and Jane broke up, which would be better if this movie were longer. Does it feel because for the length of this movie, it's about two hours five minutes. For the length of this movie, it feel. It, it, it feels out of place and like it 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 like completely stops the plot. The plot's moving and then all of a sudden screech. Mm -mm. You can't do that. If you wanted to, if you wanted to include that scene, fine, make the movie longer. Spend more time explaining all these things that you just throw they just throw at us. So ultimately, it's a, that's the main thing. That's really my main criticism is that it has too many of those scenes that are like where did this come from but but the, the potential is there they still have a potential to make a really epic thor movie i i also wish that they would stop with the with the rock music playing in the movie because it, it gets to the point where it's very distracting in the movie he did it way too much because Thor Ragnarok, for the most part, it was just uh, the, the immigrant song from ACDC. That's it. But when, in this movie, it's like every five minutes, I'm like, oh, geez. Which you could still do that. You could have these heavy, uh, these, uh, this cl classic rock music in there, but you don't want to do it one after another because then it just seems out of, uh, then it just gets redundant really fast. A lot of this movie was a bunch of redundancies. That's really where that's what i would say about it 
Now, would I go see it again? In theaters, no. Streaming, yes, because I don't have to pay that much for streaming. Now, once again, it's not a horrible movie. It's, I still enjoyed it for what it was. It's a popcorn movie. I'm not going in, uh, I'm just going in there to tea popcorn and watch a bunch of gods punch each other in the face. I'm not going there for like, to like really contemplate the intricacies of the plot because the plot is not intricate, but it's not like I'm going to the Snyder Cut and I'm like, okay, I have to consider how this links to this, to this, links to this. No, I'm going into this and like, okay, I'm, this is fun. I'm eating popcorn. Now, it's a fun movie. It's still a fun movie. And if you ignore the Thor part, in other words, if you're approaching this not as a comic book fan, it's their portrayal of Thor is great. Okay, fine. One thing I did like, again, I will say one more thing I did like, when they go to the Shadow Realm, it's all black and white. And that's that's really cool how it like suddenly goes to black and white. And then when they use like a, a, a torch or like um, Jane uses Mjolnir to light the way, it goes slightly color. Like that's the light, it's the color. So I dug that. But another thing, uh, oh, wait, speaking of that scene, there's one more thing that I wanna say. All right, so there was an inscription in the, like temple that they go to in the shadow realm that shows, okay, Stormbreaker is the key. But wait a second, Stormbreaker just showed up. This inscription looked like it was like thousands of years old, but wait a second, he got the thing, like he got Stormbreaker like, let's say six years ago, six or seven years ago going on to from Infinity War to now. So I'm like, wait a second, why would there be an inscription there saying that Stormbreaker is the key? And it looks like the Stormbreaker for, that has Groot's arm. So wait a second here. How does that work? So again, that's, that's, a, that's a plot hole too. So very plot hole. That's a little too, too convenient. Okay, so that's why he needs Stormbreaker. Wait, it just doesn't make sense. There's a good bit of this movie that just doesn't make sense. Case in point, it's personified by Jane going to uh, Valhalla, even though she didn't die in the battle. She wasn't stabbed um, by gore. Mm -mm. Killed by cancer five minutes after the battle, which that's fine. But when you previously established that you have to die in the battle to go to Valhalla, like, oh, oh, geez, this is not working. And the, uh, again, and, and that gets into one of my chief criticisms. It contradicts its own logic too many times. And that's, that's ultimately where I'm going to conclude my review of Thor, is that it, it's contradictory logic, the movie. But once again, let me put this way. If you guys like Thor Ragnarok, I think you guys will enjoy this movie. It was, it's a fun ride. Again, it's not the best ride, but it's a fun ride. And Chris Hemsworth nails it as Thor, as usual. I liked um, this portrayal of Jane Foster, Chief, because she didn't replace Thor. He still had his power. They didn't do the whole unworthy Thor thing where she's more powerful than he is. She just shows up. She has Mjolnir, but he has Stormbreaker. And then he gets Mjolnir back at the end. So that was cool. I dug that. And... And in, in, in terms of Valkyrie, I guess I kind of liked her, I guess. She, she, 
she's not my favorite Thor character. Korg was a little annoying in this one, but uh, okay, I took it. So that's where I'm going to leave it. Five out of 10. That's about where really as high as a score as I can get it for all the reasons that I provided. Now, I want to conclude by talking about what's next for the podcast, about podcasts and YouTube channels. So we have many different books on the way for Indie Wednesday. I'm going to be doing more of the audience suggestions for Indie Wednesday. Additionally, oh, we have a, a, quite a few interesting guests coming on the show later. I'm not going to going to tell you who they are because I want it to be a surprise. And if you guys are at Florida Supercon, we will be there. Uh, at the time that, that this gets uploaded, we will actually be there because we're going to be there on uh, Saturday. So this will go up on Saturday and then we'll be there. So if you guys see us, stop by and say hi. We'd love to, to, to be able to like to meet the fans of the show. So that's really where I'm going to leave this because ultimately this was a cautionary tale for Marvel. That is be careful because Marvel has this critic has this tendency and DC suffers from it occasionally where whenever something works, they beat it into the ground, which like universally, in other words, they make every movie a comedy when guardians of the galaxy was popular. It could just be that Guardians of the Galaxy works as a comedy, but Thor doesn't really work as a comedy, really. Doesn't really work. And I hope that this is the last time we see Taika Waititi on Thor, because I think he's done a lot of damage to the character, because Thor does seem kind of kind of dumb in this movie. So it's ultimately my... That's where I'm going to leave it. Because your title character should be the most... Should not be the sub-thought of the movie. That's where I'm going to leave it. I'm going to, I think that's a good place to end this episode in terms of, let's see, what else can we talk about before I log off? Um, in terms of, of Superman possibly coming back in Black Adam, we have that to look forward to. We have San Diego Comic-Con coming up. We'll be looking for any reveals. We know that Black Adam is going to be uh, um, presenting. So we'll see if they give any indication of Henry Cavill showing up. You know that Nick from the Phoenix Press has indicated that his prediction is that Thor is that super Henry Cavill Superman is going to show up. At, I mean, Henry Cavill is going to show up at the at the San Diego Comic Con panel, and he'll say, "Yeah, I'm in this movie." And then he, he um, according to Nick, he'll be in a black Superman shirt, and they'll go like, "Black's more my color," or something like that. Or he'll be wearing a regular Superman shirt and say that. So we'll see what happens with that. I think that'll be it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. I think that. I think Black Adam is one of the DC movies that I really feel I have the most like hope for because I think that I, I think that 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 The Rock could do very well. And plus, here's the thing: he's a very he's like a very high up producer on the movie, so he could conceivably say, "Hey, I want to do a Snyderverse." So if it's popular. Here's the thing: if Black Adam's popular, they'll give. Uh, they could start giving creatives more authority over the movie. And then this leads to the Snyderverse being restored. So that's where I'm going to leave you. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And let me put this way. If you want to go see Thor, fine. If you like Thor Ragnarok, you'll like this one. If you didn't, well, then it's not for you. And in that case, I would say just wait 40 days or so until it's on streaming. But besides that, good movie. Enjoyed it. 
Stay at work, everyone. Bye-bye.